All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Get It Done podcast. My name is Joe Zanka, your host, co-owner and co-COO of On Demand Storage. And today I'm with my guest, Dino Confalone of Gibson Sotheby's. Dino, what's going on? Hey, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really psyched. Appreciate I'm, it. I'm pumped to have you too. You know, it, um, I've always thought of having you as a guest, but I didn't have your contact on my phone. So I reached out to our good friend, Laura, and she, <laughs> uh, and, and she put this together, which is great. Stager extraordinaire. Stager extraordinaire. Oh yeah. And she, uh, she is a former guest, uh, hopefully a reoccurring one at some point, but, um, she, she did a great one. And so I'm glad that we, you know, we got to talk. That's awesome. So yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, yourself, um, you know, your career. I know we just were talking a little bit before we hopped on about, you know, how you were doing your own thing for a few years and now you're doing uh, full-time real estate, which is very entrepreneurial at the same time. So, you know, you've kind of been going for an entrepreneur for a little while now in your career and, um, you know, we'd love to hear the story. So my story is, um, I like to refer to myself as a recovering accountant. Um, <laughs> so my previous <laughs> life was in accounting, um, but I got my license, my real estate license when I was in college and, uh, the long backstory, but not getting into it. But, um, yeah, I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit and I did real estate, you know, sporadically year over year as I was doing accounting and up becoming a CFO of a company that went out of business. Um, and then I became more of like a management consultant, hired gun CFO type guy for a couple of years while I was still kind of dabbling in real estate. Uh, and then the 2008 crisis happened and everything kind of just went south. And uh, ironically, I actually got into real estate more full time around the crash of the recession. Um, a lot of my friends were, you know, moving out of the sit out of the state and like my first listing was in the South end, $1.2 million. It was like, what a way to start. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was the South end of Boston. Um, yeah. So I feel like I've always just kind of been resilient and kind of just getting, you know, getting it done and not sitting down, you know, just, you know, stand up and kind of make it happen. Well, that's the whole, you know, point of the show is just kind of, um, you know, talking to people who have, because I feel like a major part of entrepreneurship that honestly gets a little bit overlooked sometimes is just like continuing, like just stay, just keep doing it. Like, and, and it, there's some ideas that might fail. There are some, you know, points in life that might be, you know, it, it, for whatever reason might be impossible to keep going. But at the end of the day, like I've, you know, we found ourselves at some point in time in our, in our business shaking our heads, like, you know, what do we do now? What do we do here? How do we get out of this situation? Yeah. And, um, as long as you don't quit, like, and you have the mentality of like, all right, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to sit down and, and you'll know, look at my team or just internally and be like, okay, this is how I'll get through this. And then if you're, if you're know how to, um, you know, know yourself that you can keep, that you can keep going and believe in it, then, um, eventually you'll get out of that. You know, the, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel and then you'll end up in a place where I think you learn a lot from it, but you're also much better for a number of different reasons. You got to have that hard work ethic too. I look yes. back at my dad and I kind of, you know, I have my dad's work ethic. It's unbelievable. I just, again, do not stop. <laughs> I mean, it's, so one of my best friends, his father has a, has a boat and the name of the boat is persistence. And that, that was like 20 years ago when I saw that and it was like, it's always stuck with me because yep. I'm just persistent, you know, and like every time you get knocked down, you gotta get back up, you know, and you can make it work. You can make it work and, and hard work combined with a good idea combined with, you know, resilience, I think is, um, is just a recipe for success and you just, um, you know, keep going and, and, and within real estate and anything like, you know, like you said, you got your first listing in the South end and, um, you do, a, especially in that, in that field, you do a good job for one client and maybe the right client one time. And it just, the referrals, the referrals go here, go here. 
move your way up, figure out like, you know, where you want to be, where you want to make a name for yourself, what part of the city, what part of the state, whatever. And, um, but that's how it goes. And, and you got to get out there and, and, and sell and you got to make mistakes in order to fix them and then learn what not to do it at, uh, you know, after. Yeah, absolutely. Building a brand, bringing a reputation. I mean, it's so important. Definitely. So take us back to when you stopped doing the CFO business and you jumped into real estate in, in 2008. Um, you know, what's one thing that if you could go back, you would tell yourself then that you've learned from doing this for the last, uh, you know, 12 years now? Well, so the number one thing, honestly, is to take it serious and not, not mess around. Cause I, I, my biggest thing, um, and actually I'm still, I've been writing a book about it for the past five years. Cause it's, it was such an instrumental thing for me. I'm just like, I cannot believe that I didn't take it more serious. You know, I didn't like look out for the IRS, you know, like literally just build the infrastructure and I'm an accountant <laughs> and I couldn't believe that I, you know, within the first like year I was crushing it. I was doing so many sales and I was not thinking about paying quarterly, you know, taxes. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? You know, and it's just kind of looking back and you're like, if you take it serious, build the infrastructure around you, then you can like blow up. Instead, I was like, I spent the second year trying to catch up with the first year because of all the stupid stuff I did because my goal hundred percent was business, you know, get new business versus like focus on me and make sure that I had the, you know, stability of explosively growing, which I wanted to do and everybody wants to do. Um, but yeah, that was the biggest thing for me is, is not taking it serious the first year. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that's a mistake. Well, you, you, it seems like you took the sales end of it serious. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I mean. Which but is, like, um, which is, you know, if you don't have sales, you don't have a business at the end of the day. And that's one thing that is super important. So you had a, you had the right mindset in that way, but, um, at the, you know, that's, that's important dive when you dive in, um, like our biggest thing, our biggest fault at the beginning was like, we didn't take our, we didn't pay close enough attention to our expenses. So we just, well, that's what I mean, like the infrastructure, like yeah. building that foundation, you know, when I was just thinking about the top line and that was kind of like the thing that made me stop and step back and be like, you know what? <laughs> So being the president of the Greater Boston Association of Realtors, one of my biggest things for 2021 is focusing on the 25% of realtors that are just getting into the business and saying, you know what, you really need to focus on the basically the foundation. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Because if they have the work ethic and they have, you know, the good team, a lot of good realty groups around there, around nowadays. Um, <laughs> Let's try to come in. What's that? Oh. Actually, you just froze. We'll stop it. Sorry, guys, we had a little technical difficulties there, but uh, Dino and I were just discussing how it's so important to have a gauge on your expenses. And, you know, obviously growing the business is, is sometimes first and foremost, having good sales, you know, is, is obviously super important. But if you're not paying attention um, to the expenses that add up or in your case, like you mentioned, paying quarterly taxes and stuff like that you'll get surprised and you'll spend a lot of time instead of growing your business and growing your personal brand, you will be backtracking having to, um, and kind of going, honestly, you don't, you don't ever want to panic, but it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, now I really need to, you know, grow sales because I need to catch up with these bills. <laughs> and instead of just growing sales for the right reasons and, and continue to be comfortable and expanding, you got to chase bills now. And that that's not a position you want to be in. So, it's important to have that stuff kind of narrowed down at the beginning. I, I would totally agree. And I think that's a great place to focus for these new real realtors. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
I like to talk a lot about technology um, within business. I think that it's so important. I think that if you look around nowadays, like it's everything. Um, it's whether it's social media, whether it's you know using the right software tools to automate things or make things easier for you. Marketing technology is is fantastic. So I think that if you're in a business and you're not paying attention to technology right now or how you can utilize it to your advantage, you know you're just gonna fall behind. Um, so talk to me about some ways that you're seeing technology disrupt you know, the, the real estate world. Um, are you using certain types of technologies to, you know, better get ahead of yourself or is, is Gibson Sotheby's using certain things and, um, and, and stuff like that? Yeah. So, I mean, it's technology has been amazing for us, you know, when it comes to just something as simple as the online signature system that, you know, one of my clients is on a plane and able to sign the document on their iPad. Um, you know, I have a distribute, I have a database management system that's, you know, really, touches my clients you know every so often i feel like when it comes to the service of real estate and actually like buying or selling there's definitely a disruption of, of web you know periphery companies that are coming in and trying to remove the the personal touch of like what a realtor can offer um but i do i i'm constantly going back to that service so it's going to be someone that wants to get a deal when it comes to, you know, save some money here, but when it comes to the overall service and like the white glove service that we provide our clients, I think the realtor is always going to be someone because we're literally the quarterback in the football game. We're taking control of everything, making sure everything's happening. Um, and those discount websites, I really feel like they do a disservice because at the end of the day, people are like, okay, I get a check for 600 bucks, but I feel like I wasn't served correctly. And I've had so many of those conversations with people. Um, but yeah, I think we just have to embrace it and just acknowledge that it's there, but uh, you know, and pretty much just work within it. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it is one of those things that it's going to be present, and you know, they're gonna they're gonna create things that make it like for the ease of use. You know what I mean? But um, I, I totally agree with you. I think the people that end up using those services just to save a buck um, are missing out on on all the value that you know having a good real estate agent, a good real estate. Um, expert in your corner can bring. I mean, I myself have my own real estate license. I'll, I'll be looking for, I'm hoping to look for a place early next year at some point. I don't know where yet exactly, but I know you do. Yeah, I know. Well, as I was going to say is that I, you know, I, I like to think of myself as I probably know above average amount about real estate just because I've studied it. It was my first career out of college. But I'm still going to use a realtor when I when I go to look for a place because it's just like why wouldn't you get the not like if, if you're looking to live in Braintree or you're looking to live in Cambridge or you're looking to live in Boston South Boston having that person that you know has the the connections in there knows what the market's doing knows you know if you can take a cut or if the seller can um, has some flexibility in the pricing based on you know past recent sales like those are all things that you're going to miss out on if you if you decide not to and then from there all the paperwork and all the stuff that goes into it and just handling the transaction from start to finish. I mean, you guys do so much that's behind the scenes that people don't see. And, you know, I think that, um, I was actually starting to do a little bit of uh, diving back into it a little bit last summer when it came to doing the real estate world. And I got a couple quick wins and then I thought like, Oh, this is, this is easier than I thought it would be. And then I quickly realized like, unless you're putting all your time into doing what you guys do, like you 
are not going to be successful and you're not going to do right by your clients because there is so much work that goes on behind the scenes of these transactions. So I think you're spot on when you say utilizing the right technologies to get yourself ahead, but, you know, staying true to like what has always been there, which is the personal relationship and, and, um, and making it, you know, a, a one-on-one type of feeling and making the client, you know, know that you are in their corner and have their back and you're going to get them through this thing. So, I mean, one thing that I will just go into is like the realtor versus a regular real estate agent. It's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, if you need a medical thing, you go to a doctor. If you need a legal thing, you go to an attorney. If you need a real estate thing, you go to a realtor. And if we are truly the experts, and I feel like we provide that invaluable service and those periphery companies that just try to bring, it's kind of like the WebMD thing. So I think you have these companies that are just trying to, you know, save people a buck. But at the end of the day, I've had so many clients just basically say, thank God that I work with you. I mean, they just couldn't have imagined going through the whole ordeal <laughs> or process without someone that is actually living it full time. hundred percent. And one thing a lot of people don't know, just because buying a house or buying real estate for a lot of folks is, is, you know, not something they do every day. Or not, obviously, it's, you know, it's a big, it's, it's one of the biggest transactions in their life, but is that having a buyer's agent is, like no extra cost really. I mean, at the end of the day, you just say, you know, if you want to buy a house, go talk to a realtor, go talk to a real estate expert who is going to, because at the end of the day, most of the time, I would say, I mean, you, you probably know better than me, but at least 90% of the time, the seller's the one paying the commission. So having someone in your corner when you're looking for properties is, is a no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's, that's something that not a lot of people know. I mean, I, I know my generation, is starting to buy houses right now and people are like, Oh, I don't need a, a realtor. I'm like, you should hundred percent have a realtor. Like, what are you not having a realtor for? They can tell you all the different things. Like even when it comes to finding off market properties right now is like probably important too. You know, they might know someone who knows their cousin who's selling their house. Like you could save 50,000 bucks and, and give them a good offer without having these bidding wars that are going on in the suburbs. You know, I know it's unfortunate when you hear that, but then, you know, you, what I, unfortunately I get it on the flip side afterward, they've gone through it and they come to me and they're just kind of frustrated with it. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm here next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good to get that information out there just for people who might be listening, because I think, um, I personally think it's a no brainer. I think that the personal touch that you guys bring is, um, is very key. So do you have, you know, one thing I like to, it's just, too present nowadays to not bring up, but I like to spin it in like a more positive look. Um, you know, dealing with COVID has obviously been difficult. It's probably, you know, the real estate world I'm sure has changed a lot. Um, you know, I, I talked to a guy the other day who said, we're seeing like 20 years worth of change happen in a nine month period of time when it comes to like some of these disruptions and some of like how the market's moving and, and, uh, you know, bidding wars. So, do you have any lessons that you've learned, you know, kind of dealing with this COVID type thing that I guess you could use as a bit of encouragement for anybody that might be listening? Um, I mean, the market in Boston, the Boston area, and I have to admit in 2020, wasn't really as disruptive as, as other states. Um, like I know someone in um, Pennsylvania that they basically shut it down, but Boston was deemed essential service back in April. So we just, con- you know, continued to move and you know buy and sell um you know i we were when it comes to the sotheby's brand and with what i've been doing so we've been doing like virtual 
um, you know, Matterport. And if you know what that is, it's like a dollhouse and you can literally walk into houses and go around. So there's a lot of tech, technological advances that we had had pre-pandemic uh, that really helped us kind of transition into it. What happened in, you know, obviously March and April. Um, and when we were deemed essential services, we just continued to help our clients, you know, buy and sell. Um, you know, I feel like it's going to get better. You know, I think 2021 is going to be a great year. It's going to take a few months to get back, you know, to normal after the um, everything gets going when it comes to the medical stuff. But I don't know. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the next few years. You know, rates are still low. Um, people still need to move. You know, I think unemployment is going to start to pick up again. But it's going to be it's going to be a great few years ahead of us. I agree with you. I do. I um I think that the the atmosphere around us when it comes to the business world is people want to just I mean when it comes to anything people want to get back to normal. But um a lot of people are by, you know very excited about getting out of 2020, moving into 2021. I think that um, people are gonna you know they have big plans for their businesses whether it's getting them back um, on the right stride or you know, plowing through and, and making it the best year yet. Um, so everyone I've talked to is pretty optimistic about what 2021 is going to bring. And I think that's great. I mean, I think that, um, you know, we're all kind of fighting the same common enemy. Um, and if we can just, you know, buckle down for a few, a little while longer and get through it, um, you know, we're very entrepreneurial minded society nowadays, very uh, business focused. And I think that, you know, that's going to propel us through all of this stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's going to be a great few years. So my last question that I like to ask everybody, Dino, um, is, you know, you said you were actually writing a book. Um, so you must have read some decent books recently. Um, I've been doing a lot more reading myself nowadays with what's going on. Um, do you have any good books you'd recommend um, maybe that you've read throughout your career or even just read recently? It doesn't have to be business related, anything that, um, you know, our listeners could uh, maybe pick up. Um, so I'm sorry to go down the political road, but um, so I don't know if you ever heard of John Meacham. He's a phenomenal um, his book, um, The Soul of America, was actually really great. So I would recommend it. The Soul of America? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that one out. That, um, that sounds great. Um, well, this has been awesome, Dino. I know we've had a little bit of connection issues here, but... Um, I think we'll be able to sort that out after we hang up. But um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for um, you know the optimistic views, and you know get you know letting people know about you know how important um, you know. I know it's your career, but I couldn't agree more with um, you know the importance of when it comes to anything. You know, getting the advice of an expert, having someone in your in your corner who um, who can you know help guide you through, especially large transactions like real estate, is so important. And I think that, you know, you guys do a fantastic job um, over at Gibson Sotheby's. I know it's one of the top, you know, shops around the greater Boston area. So I appreciate you filling us all in on that. And, um, you know, I think that the listeners will hopefully take that into consideration when they go to buy some real estate next year. Thank you so much, Joe. Apologies for the uh, technical glitches, but I appreciate this and looking forward to doing this with you in 2021. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Dino. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you, sir.